This is the Lean Law Firm Podcast with Dave Maxfield and Larry Port, authors of the ABA's new book, The Lean Law Firm. It's 2018 and we have a brand new podcast. We, being Larry Port and Dave Maxfield, I'm Larry. I run a legal software company called Rocket Matter. And I'm Dave. I run my consumer protection law firm in Columbia, South Carolina. Larry and I are going to tell you a little bit more about ourselves at the end of this podcast. And as this is no ordinary podcast, this is the Lean Law Firm podcast. It coincides with the release of our book uh, with, from the ABA this spring called, strangely enough, The Lean Law Firm, which is just another component of our coming global media empire. Right, Larry? That's right. And it has a tagline to it, which is uh, run your firm like the world's most efficient and profitable businesses, which is really good tagline. Uh, you actually came up with it. What does it mean? I'm totally confused. Well, what it means is this. We have lawyers, and, and I want you to talk about this more in a second, um, but I can tell you as a lawyer, um, when you turn on the TV or when I turn on the TV and I see a law firm ad, the one thing I see that always sort of puzzles me is inevitably the lawyer is standing in front of rows and rows of books. It's usually, you know, if you look closely, you know, the lawyers in South Carolina and then he's got behind him like a sort of a prop shot of like the, you know, West Pacific reporter or something that he would actually never look at. Um, but, you know, it, there's sort of this traditionalism to it. And for whatever reason, we, you know, lawyers and law firms have are one of the most traditional businesses they're in. You know, the books, uh, the, the, in some countries, the wigs and things like this, all this goes hand in hand with tradition and that's great. But what's not great about it is, um, we get a little bit as lawyers stuck in our ways. We're a little bit of afraid to change. And while we have been, you know, doing things in kind of a traditional old way for the most part, um, you know, for the last, you know, hundred years, um, you know, the world around us has changed. Business has changed. Manufacturing businesses have come a million miles since the turn of the century. And so management science, which has been around for a very long time, is something that in law firms is kind of alien. And, and Larry, you know what I mean by management science. What are we talking about? Yeah, no, um, it's kind of funny because when like I like to read a lot of books about history and so on and so forth. And when you hear about uh, a, like Abraham Lincoln or John Adams or these old time lawyers, and I'm not a lawyer, by the way, I'm in the software business and I, I see it from the outside. Um, you know, it, it seems very similar to how people are operating right now. And uh, I, I talked to this guy. His name is John McCormack. He, he's a lawyer. He also studies uh, operational processes at Vanderbilt. And you know, he made this analogy that it's like we're in 1912 or 1911 if it was a law firm, uh, because it's before you know Frederick Winslow Taylor wrote you know, Principles of Scientific Management. He's kind of right. So it's kind of like back in the era of like steamer trunks and penny farthings and bathing suits that are really big and epic mustaches, you know. But that's how law firms are kind of operating. Exactly. And it's, and, you know, it's, we think how, if we were to kind of, you know, we look at ourselves and we're going to talk about billing today and hourly building. Um, and that's kind of the handlebar mustache in some ways of the business world. There's not many uh, people that do things that way besides lawyers and plumbers and, and just a few other professions. And of course, you know, plumbers totally worth it when you really need them. And it seems kind of outrageous when you don't. And then, you know, in that way, lawyers 
maybe have something uh, in common with plumbers. But um, that's kind of a relic of, of times gone by. And just like, you know, Henry Ford, you know, Ford Company, uh, you know, there was a time when they were hand building every car. And then, you know, uh, along at the time with uh, Frederick Winslow Taylor, you have people like Henry Ford that says, you know, there's got to be a better, faster, more efficient way to do this. And then he starts doing it. And then, you know, you see what we have today, this this huge jump, whereas, you know, and, you know, as a lawyer, uh, we, we don't we don't see that kind of progress, really. We see a lot of vestiges of the past. Um, interesting you mentioned Lincoln because, you know, until I actually sometimes experience the drudgery of becoming a lawyer, and I, for the most part, love it, but there's always days, I could never understand why Lincoln gave up his law practice to become a rail splitter. But, you know, now sometimes it makes sense. <laughs> right. Well, um, and on, obviously, it's not really fair to say things operate the same. I mean, you're not traveling around in caravans. You're not sharing beds with other lawyers. Well, maybe you are. I mean, I don't know, maybe that, but that's, you know, it's a little bit <laughs> different these days. That goes on our other our other podcast. We'll talk about right. That. That's our other podcast. Yeah. Okay, so we can talk a little bit more about the book in a second. But uh, we wanted to talk about escaping the unrelenting yoke of the billable hour because that would make a great New Year's resolutions. And and flat fees are part of a lean law firm, Dave. Are they not? Absolutely, they are, Larry. It's and and here's the reason for that. Uh, you know, in, in sort of a, a I guess a visual image, um, or actually maybe as an example, um, think about some of the world's most, you know, forward thinking, leanest and most profitable companies. And I'm talking, you know, in the book, we talk a lot about Toyota and the Toyota production system, which is really kind of at the foundation of lean manufacturing. And we also, you know, there's companies in the world that, uh, like Intel, you know, the chip manufacturer. And, you know, I, I was reading about Intel, and there was a quote from a guy named Joe Foley, who was a factory manager at one of their plants in Ireland. And he said, five years ago, it took us 14 weeks to introduce a new chip to our factory. Uh, now it takes us 10 days. And it says, we were the first Intel factory to achieve these times, and the way they achieved them was using lean principles. Um, and so, you know, what is you think, okay, well, that's cool. That's great. It's nice to be fast. But what's Intel doing when it does something like that? It's it's producing the same or, or maybe even a better quality of work. It's doing it in far less the time, you know, and even if you have the same quality work and you can produce it in half the time, you've just doubled your profit. You know, if Toyota can build the same car in half the time, it's increased its profit. And so, you know, what sucks about hourly fees? What sucks is that you know, you can make these great advances in efficiency. You can make your processes better and faster, but you don't get the benefit of that because an hour is always an hour. Right. And the only way to really increase scale if you're doing hourly billing is, I mean, the only way you can add more hours is you have to add more people and not everybody wants to be able to do that. Right. It's a wonderful thing if you're at the top and remember, this is the traditional, you know, big firm model. If you're on top of the pyramid, hourly fees aren't a bad thing. You know, you're making a lot of money. You have a high hourly rate. And really what you have is a lot of people underneath you that are uh, pulling at the oars, you know, hour by hour um, to sort of support that for you. If you're not on the top of the pyramid, it might not be so great. You know, you have kind of this hamster wheel quality of life and is what is it? A gerbil wheel? A hamster? Do hamsters think, run on wheels? I think hamsters run on wheels. I don't know if gerbils do. Right. 
Well, whatever the that rodent is, that's kind of what your life can be, where, you know, you have these, you know, hourly billing goals and you, they have to be met. Um, and there's so there's obviously a quality of life issue. In terms of pure economics, there's some other threats to that kind of a practice, too. One of them is that um, you you can become a bit of a commodity. You know, if you're very niche, you know, if you have the kind of a practice where nobody else does it but you, you know, you're like that plumber in need. You know, you can command a high hourly rate, and maybe that makes some sense. If you're somebody that's doing insurance defense, and there's 20 other firms doing insurance defense in your town, um, and everybody's doing the same thing, then you become a commodity. You know, there's like almost a Walmartization of of um, this because, you know, the the customer can always go down the road to the next firm. And so that puts a lot of downward pressure. You know, when, when costs of doing business are going up, there's a downward pressure on, you know, the hourly rate you can charge. Um, but again, what really is bad is, you know, there's so many things we can do in a law firm to make things run smoother and faster. You don't get the benefit of that because you can become twice as efficient. And what have you just done if you do that, if you're billing on an hourly rate, Larry? Not much, not much at all. I mean, you're yeah. still just basically well, you, just putting more stuff into one hour, but it's still the same amount of money. Still the same hour, right? And if Intel said, we're going to start charging you by the hour, you know, w would that, would people pay them that way? You know, I think that, um, you know, again, you get back to this, an hour is always an hour. And the, and the, the thing about it is, is this, there's so much we can do to make you know, using these lean principles that, you know, frankly, we're stealing from other industries that are smarter than lawyers, um, you know, and if we want to get the benefit of those things, if we want to cut the time it takes us to put together a really quality case, you know, down by a half or a third um, and get the same or even a better result, you know, we don't get the benefit of that if we're just, if, you know, charging by the hour, we might be hurting ourselves because we've just taken our workload and cut it in half. Uh, and so that's where flat fees come in uh, and, and really start to make sense when you start to crunch the numbers. Right. And, you know, we can get into this in late, later podcast episodes, but once you have uh, the, a flat fee concept for your cases, then you can kind of look at ideas like throughput. How many cases can I try in a certain period of time? Because like you were saying before, you know, if an hour is an hour when you're doing hourly billable time, you know, the, the flip side of that is then you can pass more stuff through the system if you got flat fees involved, right? Well, that's exactly right. You know, in the book, one of the things that I think we've done that's, you know, we've done a lot of things that are really different than any other law firm management book that um, anybody's ever seen before, I think. And I'm going to get you to talk about what's special about that in a second. But one of the other things is that we've really tried to do is we've tried to um, show through, you know, some formulas and some pretty basic math about, you know, why throughput, which is the number of, you know, cases you can get from start to finish in a given amount of time matters so much for lawyers. And, you know, especially when you're, you know, when you divorce yourself from this, I probably shouldn't use that word because a lot of family court lawyers, <laughs> you know, do bill by the hour. But if, you know, if you take a family court lawyer who's billing by the hour, um, and he puts through 100 cases one year, and he puts through 200 cases the next year. And all of those cases, it's just how many hours can he work. He can't go up very much because there's only so many hours you can work in a year. But if he can put in 100 cases one year, and then the next year, from start to finish, put through 200 cases, and he's billing 
on a flat fee basis, he's just doubled his profit or she's just doubled her profit. And I mean, it's really in some ways just that simple. How many can you take from A to B in a given amount of time? And that's how these big companies see things. And, you know, you can see things that way, too. And it's really transformational. Uh, so what well, else is different about the book, Larry? I well, forgot to ask. I wanted to I'd like to pick up on that, actually. Um, you know, one thing that's interesting about this book is that, first of all, it has two perspectives in it. It has Dave's perspective. He's a practitioner and he's living this on a day to day basis and he's accomplished it. And I think that's very important because it's a very precedent driven field. Uh, that's how a lot of attorneys operate. And so I think that by seeing what one attorney is doing, and by the way, there's a lot of people out there that are doing lean law. Um, it's kind of like a subculture that's now emergent. I think that's very helpful. And the other thing is that it's my perspective that works with like thousands of firms as a software person that that serves law firms. So, you know, I see these kind of like uh, trends on a, on a larger level and Dave sees it like up close and personal. And we use lean techniques to run our own law firm or to run our own software business as well. Another thing that's really cool about the book, which is different than a lot of ABA books, is that we have a graphic novel in it. So, uh, you know, we, we have all of our do's and don'ts and advice and practical advice about the, the practice of running a lean law firm. But Dave went and wrote this narrative and we got some artwork commissions. So there is a bona fide graphic novel in this book. And we believe it's the first ABA book of its kind with a graphic novel in it. it it's probably the only comic book the ABA will ever produce. But, you know, if we've achieved nothing else, we've, you know, to break tradition, we've done that. We've broken that so glass good. ceiling of, you know, the discrimination against graphic novels in the, you know, ABA publishing world, I believe, right? Which has been, which has been pervasive. Yes. It's a real problem. It is a real problem. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, Dave, you know, we've talked a little bit about what this podcast is going to be about, what the book is a little bit about. I, I guess we owe these people an explanation of like who we are and who they've been listening to for the past like 10, 12 minutes. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us who you are? Sure. Well, I'm again, I'm Dave Maxfield. I'm a solo practitioner in South Carolina with some employees and with some people working kind of outsourced for me. And uh, I run a consumer protection law firm where I represent people against, uh, you know, individual consumers against banks and car dealerships and credit reporting agencies and debt collectors and people like that. So, so you know, what I in my own fantasy world like to think of as kind of a uh, Robin Hood practice, um, which, you know, I, I'm very happy to say, you know, after being a lawyer for almost 24 years, I still, you know, really enjoy going to work every day. I enjoy what I do. And really the, the, these things that, um, the, the blessing that I've had is the ability in a law firm to put these things that Larry and I have got to write about into practice. And sometimes things don't work. You know, we have this kind of laboratory approach where we say, let's try this out in the real world and we can kind of see if it works or it doesn't work. So what you're getting in the book is sort of the benefit of, you know, some successful experience and, uh, you know, a lot of hard, hard earned experience. But I can tell you, it makes not being on that hamster slash gerbil slash, you know, insert rodent here wheel sure makes life a whole lot better. And, um, you know, you, and I'll segue into Larry's introduction by saying using software like uh, Rocket Matter, which, um, you know, Larry is responsible for putting on the earth, um, is makes things a lot better, too. So, Larry, now I've stolen part of your introduction, but finish it out. Thanks, Dave. 
So yes, um, I uh, so I started Rocket Matter. Um, actually, we're celebrating our 10th anniversary this year. Um, so I'm a software executive. Um, I actually coded the first version of Rocket Matter. So I started out as a software guy, like actual engineer guy. Now I'm just kind of directing traffic a little bit. And um, but that's my roots. Actually, I um, I came from. I used to code for Morgan Stanley doing trading systems in New York. I tr I coded for the Defense Department. Um, paid my way through grad school that way at NYU. And uh, before that, I worked in the film industry, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I've been working with law firms for the past 10 years. And um, the way I run my business is it, it uses a lot of elements of, of lean. And uh, it's just been a fantastic experience. So, um, you know, really excited to take some of the ideas that I've been exposed to and translate them to the legal vertical and very grateful to have found someone like Dave that is living it firsthand that can like kind of put it into better words than I can a lot of times in terms of day-to-day -day operations. Well, th I appreciate that's very kind of you to say it. And let me give a shout out though to the coders and people like that because, you know, one of the things I neglected to mention, we talked about Intel, you know, a lot of the stuff that we use and we talk about in the book, you know, um, come from things that coders use like Agile, um, you know, Kanban boards, you know, uh, all the stuff that you're going to, if you listen to our podcast, get to hear about and learn about if you read the book, um, you know, you guys are responsible for a lot of that stuff too. And the great thing about, you know, people who are from Larry's frame of mind, you know, engineering, coding, is that, you know, if something doesn't work, they don't have much patience with it. You know, they're, you, you, you guys are the best at that, you know. We're, so, we're good at that. We're also good at admitting when we don't know things because if we do, if we pretend like we know something and we don't, like planes will fall out of the sky. So we kind of have to, <laughs> <laughs> we're good at that kind of stuff. And that can be bad. Yeah. Uh, I just want to ask listeners, um, tell them that, you, first of all, that we have a lot of topics to explore. We're going to be talking about uh, what to measure, how to eliminate waste, um, theory of constraints, Kanban, all these good stuff that you heard us talking about. We're going to be talking about in upcoming podcasts and to bookmark uh, leanlawfirmbook.com for more information about our upcoming ABA book and other hot information blog posts and maybe even some snippets of graphic novel. I'm not sure what we're allowed to publish. Dave, do you? Um, you know, it's always easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Okay, so. let's take it that way. All right, Dave, any closing remarks? No, I think you've covered it. I'm just excited to be part of this. I'm, I'm delighted to be talking with you, Larry, and, I'm, you know, it's been a wonderful experience um, to write a book and to have it, you know, actually come to fruition is a dream come true. So I'm happy and looking forward to sharing it with uh, our audience and with people in the legal community and, and people in the, uh, you know, of that subgenre of legal graphic novel comic thriller that I think we fit into so uniquely. Legal manga. Great. All <laughs> right. Thanks everybody. And we'll talk to you next time. This is the Lean Law Firm Podcast with Dave Maxfield and Larry Port, authors of the ABA's new book, The Lean Law Firm. Music